0: That's the other thing with watching shows as they air, uh, which I do with very few shows now, is that you end up with that gap and especially when cable does that, when they take the break over Christmas or mm. the, the break in the middle of the year, it just annoys me to, to no end. It's, it's my second biggest TV annoyance after awesome shows being cancelled. Yeah. A la Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles.
1: <laughs> it's, um, uh, it really bums me out these days when I've got to watch television one episode a week. Yeah. Uh, so primitive Do you ever think about <laughs> Do you ever think about when we were kids And you would watch a show I, I try to think Why was it that when I would watch an episode of TV I was not terrified that I could never see it again Do you ever think about that? Like we would watch an episode of The Simpsons For yeah. example And uh, back in the day before I even had a VCR Yeah I would be like why did it never? Why was I not terrified that I could never watch these things again? I, I, is I it can't get be, that. Is it because it
0: wasn't? It wasn't a possibility. Yeah, to watch them again, and so then you didn't miss it because you didn't have it. Yeah, life is think? so
1: different. I cannot get back into that headspace of. What was it like to just watch it and go, well, that was a thing. Yeah. Fuck it. Never happen again. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch The Simpsons when it was on when we were kids and uh, it was on for one random season, which ended with Who Shot Mr. Burns number one? And then they didn't play the second season. Never came
0: back. I actually wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Really? uh, That much as a kid. My mum was, no, no, you can't watch that. It's trash and... So I didn't, I used to sneak out and, and sort of watch it. I'd go to some, if I went to someone else's house, I'd go, can we watch The Simpsons? Can
1: we watch The Simpsons? God, it was speakeasy. <laughs> I was never allowed to watch uh, Monkey Magic when I was a kid. Because it was violent? I think so. Yeah. I have to imagine that was what it is. It kind of been the Buddha's teachings. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, of course, because I wasn't allowed to watch it, immediately became the most exciting, evocative show on television at the time. Must see. Yeah. Uh, and I've since gone back and bought it all on DVD and binged it all just to prove that I'm a grown-up You grown own up all the Monkey Magic on DVD? Yeah. G- oh, okay. It's so good. I did toy with the idea. It's everything you remember and weirder. When
0: <laughs> I did toy with the idea when I was cutting together um, our first episode of using the intro to Monkey but <laughs> editing some audio in. And having that as our intro, but I had a listen to it. I watched it on YouTube and I went, oh, no, it's it's too long. Yeah, Um, People will fall asleep before the intro gets through, (laughs) even though I would personally think it was hilarious.
1: One of my favourite hobbies is immediately thinking of things that would be really cool and then immediately giving up because of the work involved. (laughs) 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 I spend a lot of time telling people, wouldn't it be cool if we did this thing? And they go, yeah, it would. And I'm like, okay, I'm done now. The project's completed because the idea exists. I'm one of... (laughs) I'm one of those people
0: that's going to put everything on a T-shirt every time someone says yep. so. I'm like, we, we should, we should totally put that on a T-shirt, and someone yep. will say something funny. Oh, that would, I'm going to get a T-shirt with that. Like, <laughs> I don't t- own any T-shirts with slogans on them other than what you can buy it. Yeah, I should bought an awesome T-shirt on the weekend, mm. which has got a Bobomb from Super Mario. I want it, and in sort of these neon colours, and it says, "I'm the Bobomb."
1: <laughs> I don't know why I find that so entertaining. It's awesome. I have a similar thing, but when people say really inappropriate, weird stuff, I always say that would be a great name for your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> Which I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've do, you've
0: just done that thing where you've realised that we're recording this. And oh, that it's so weird, right? You need to say something that segues into the conversation. Yeah. And brains just completely come up blank.
1: You're not allowed to just... And I think it's a... You know how dudes don't ever really just like hang out in terms of with no external thing? Like you go to the – like I imagine (laughs) like real dudes (laughs) go to the footy or something. Yeah. But like in my nerd world, it's usually like traditionally been, oh, come over, we'll play – PlayStation or we'll yeah. play Risk or we'll go to the pub or we'll have, grab some You're always doing or something.
0: something else, sitting down, having a coffee. Yeah. Maybe, the I should ladies. Get a, maybe I should get a
1: coffee machine and see if I can claim that mm. on tax. I kind of want to be a stand-up comedian from 1987 or something, but uh, the ladies can just hang out. They just put a kettle on and just talk about That's stuff. very Tony Abbott of you. Yeah. <laughs> What's that all about, ladies? Honestly, we're politically
0: relevant now as well.
1: Yeah. Which you would think the, the podcast thing would count. Sort of intellectually, in terms of you know. Yeah, but it, it's
0: it's unnatural.
1: Yeah, when I was a kid, I feel like I at least imagined I was victimized for being a huge nerd. Yeah, um, it was certainly not the dominant thing. I don't think anyone really understood what I was on about. It was it was all that I talked to anyone.
0: Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it was all met a person <laughs> distinct. <laughs> Can I have my say now? I'm just going to turn your microphone off in a minute. Understood. Uh, I, I think I, – I agree. I think it was uh, distinctly uncool mm. to, to be into comic books and sci-fi and you know, Star Trek and Star Wars and X-Men and all of that sort of stuff that we very much enjoyed.
1: I know I had a, a really indulgent year at our Alma Public School where Nick and I, my mm-hmm. twin – pulled our money and bought like a box of Marvel Comics trading cards. You know, you used to go to comic book stores.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got some of those that you guys gave me. I've got one that's uh, a metallic one of Colossus from the X-Men. Nice. That is tucked away. I have a box that I keep a bunch of mementos and stuff like that in. And I was going through the box the other day and the Colossus card, <laughs> the metallic Colossus card is, is still in there because... Colossus, my favourite X-Men
1: We set up a weird thing Where we bought Because we'd always buy Like a packet or two Whenever we went on holidays Yep uh, Or we'd buy one At the newsagent or something Uh, And then we, like, had this weird Shangri-La thing where we pulled all our pocket money together and bought, like, two of the full boxes that used to come on the counter. And we were just over the moon excited this afternoon. They arrived in the mail. And to us, I think it was probably the first thing we ever got in the mail. And the whole thing just felt like we were breaking some rule because this was a thing from the store and it came from overseas. And it was very exciting. And we just cracked open all these cards and put them in a big pile and had, like, a full set of something. And mm. just loved it and we put it in a folder and we had all the stuff. And then with all the leftovers, which almost but not quite made a whole set, we like divided up into like 10-card packets and gave them out to random people at school. Geek education scheme. Yeah, I can't remember for the life of me the motivation behind giving our X-Men cards to just people at school. But I remember it just set off this weird frenzy of people trading these cards uh I don't know if they thought they'd be able to get a full set with their ten cards and I always felt guilty because I knew that it was not a full set at all except the yeah. one that I'd hidden under my bed. <laughs> um, and like in that sort of childhood way, I imagine that as like a full summer term of us just trading cards frenetically for ages yeah. and it took over everything but probably it was about three hours. That would be a montage in a,
0: yeah. in a movie <laughs> that would go for five minutes of just cutscenes mm. of you doing that. <laughs>
1: But I feel like especially before I was in high school, that was probably the only time where I felt that sort of being a weird comic book geek ever had any kind of credibility or even visibility for people, Uh, especially because it's such an insular thing. I think it's different these days where everyone's like, kids are ruining their lives and waistlines in the video game apocalypse of nothing. (laughs) Uh, But I think when we were kids, it really was different in that my friends and I would sit in the like the classroom to avoid bullies and we would play like Lego logo things and play asteroids on the computer, um, which, you know, asteroids is much older than me, but that's just a signal of how old the computers were there. Yeah. Uh, whereas the, like the other kids would be outside playing in the sun in that sort of sepia-toned Shangri-La that people assume happened when yeah. they were back in the good old days. The other thing that, that's interesting
0: about that to me is that that retreat, part of the, re- the retreating was... Using computers and, mm. and computers and, and computer games were not cool. It was the idea that now that everybody plays computer games. Everybody knows what Angry Birds is. There's there's a there's a cultural shift in a lot of ways as to what is acceptable in society. What mainstream is probably a, a better word for it.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, smartphones have really bumped that out to a degree even wider than previously because now everyone on public transport has bejeweled or something. Yeah. And it's sort of a a weird little gateway drug into gaming and video gaming in Mm. terms of saying, well, this is just a five-minute diversion in between high-powered business meetings or something.
0: My boss, who's the the CEO of our company, I have no idea how old he is and I would never guess just in case someone from work listens to this and tells him that i've been speculating on his age um (laughs) he had a tablet in at work the other day and i noticed he had angry birds on it and i said oh you play oh yeah i played on on the plane when i'm you know in between high-powered business meetings (laughs) (laughs) literal
1: example (laughs) achieves yeah and look i used to play a lot of video games when i was a kid and, again, just as an antidote to going outside. Um, but I, get I love that going outside needs an antidote. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a vampire. I get, an, I get really mad when every game these days is multiplayer. Yeah. Like multiplayer is the thing now and everything's online and, like, beloved franchises of mine inevitably trend towards becoming uh, MMOs, yeah. which is just, for me, the big jumping off point because I just fundamentally didn't get into video games to play with other human <laughs> beings. Like,
0: I got into it's them. Purely anti-social
1: activity. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it's a personal thing, but I play video games primarily when I'm in that point of mind of, look, I just want to opt out from you today, society. Yep.
0: <laughs> I Put wanna, the blinkers
1: on. Yeah, I want to go to space slash zombie warfare or something. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I don't want someone like coming in and getting all up in my junk there. Yeah, <laughs> Some
0: punk-ass kid with a headset on on his Xbox giving you grief.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it does speak to how many people are playing these games now and I think this generation of consoles is the first one that starts to in any way deliver on that promise of being the centre of the universe in terms of media centres and that sort of stuff. Like I stream everything to my PS3 now. Mm. I remember when the Xbox was saying, oh, we're going to be the center of your land, room, but we haven't quite invented the internet yet. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> that does actually sound a lot like a typical Microsoft marketing message.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I had an Xbox and I'm pretty sure I still had dial-up. And yeah. they were giving these weird press conferences about if you plug it in and then you've just got to put in the IP and then set up your proxy or something, <laughs> and then you can start getting some 52 bits. <laughs> They're a bit ahead of their time, and I appreciate that. Whereas I think this next generation, if they can deliver on the sort of digital delivery of stuff, will mm. become the thing. Like, yeah. The thing that you put in your lounge room, and that's the only thing you need. Absolutely. Because otherwise we're all going to have 12,000 boxes under our TVs. And
0: it's, a, it's an interesting shift from, from a technology point of view, but I think more from a cultural point of view, Mm. that that's acceptable now and I agree that things like smartphones have certainly enabled that cultural shift where, where something like gaming is extraordinarily accessible to people of all ages races male female young and old all of that sort of thing do you think that that influences because I think one of the things that we've we've discussed in the past is this idea that a lot of the the other stuff that that you and I are interested in, which is has not been mainstream in the past, is much more acceptable now. You look at superhero movies in cinema, mm. uh, and I think you you mentioned on the last episode that. If you'd gone back to your 16-year-old self and said they're gonna make an Avengers movie and, you know, it's gonna be one of the biggest movies. He would have called bullshit. Not just of the year, but of all time. It would have blown your own mind and, and and called bullshit on it. That's I sort of try to look at this from an outside perspective. And it's it's hard because I'm in the middle of that what was once, I think, a counterculture, which is now very much an acceptable part of, of mainstream mm. culture. It's hard to examine what's Triggered that shift and and how did we win the war we 're kind of standing on the <laughs> front line in a lot of ways, waving the flag going, yeah, it's all the biggest movies are superhero movies. suck that Rambo <laughs> um, but it 's hard to to detach yourself from that and Understand what's, what's caused that. What, do you have any thoughts on where's that come from? How do we get to the point where Avengers and The Dark Knight Rises are you know, two of the biggest films to hit, hit a cinema in? A See, year? I always
1: take the example of X-Men First Class. The idea to me that there can be a movie that costs that much money that is based on the X-Men yep. but also it's in the 60s like a weird period X Men piece. Like, that's such a random tiny corner of the universe to make a movie about. Yeah. Like, that's very uh, exciting to me, given that we sort of grew up in a time where you're like, well, this is too weird. We can't, this won't appeal to enough people. I think that possibly influences it. That fragmentation of media sort of, in some ways, allowed you to dig out and find the bit that you wanted. But it also allowed people to deliver it to you, thus demonstrating that there's a purpose for its existence. That's a terrible sentence. But like back in the day, so when we were kids, for example. I'm really conscious that we're sounding like a
0: pair of very old men. Yeah, we, well, sure we should are. point out that we
1: are actually only in our
0: very, yep. very, very early 30s and not. Welcome s- to Level 75,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the complaining podcast about high waisted pants. <laughs> So you used to have analogue television, Yep. say, uh, I know, where we grew up. What, two channels. Two channels.
0: Unless you were lucky enough to be
1: able to get SBS. Yep, ABC. You had to get a Hunter aerial for that. <laughs> One commercial channel. So, I mean, that, that model of media distribution means that you are just putting out what will appeal to the most people. Yep. And that's all that exists. Mm. And there's also not a really great way to measure if people like it. Yeah. I mean, you would... Like there's probably a lot of shows that I watched on those on that TV Just because it was the only bloody thing on Like, And it's not like today where I watch Like I've said before, I watch MasterChef mm. uh, Because I like to see people crack under pressure and, <laughs> What horrible man <laughs> And I watch a lot of uh, To again sound like a super old dude I watch a lot of stuff on the ABC Like Q&A and Media Watch And creepy, hippie, left-wing, loony, nutbag shows Uh, But apart from that, I do not watch free-to-air TV, really. And when I do, it's through update services like iView or something. Yeah. So I can now just pick and choose what I want to watch and analytics and metrics will allow people... Like, there's probably a scary amount of databases in the world that know exactly what Stefan Delatovic likes to watch and when. Yeah. You know? Because you've gone and liked all the pages on Facebook as well. Exactly. Because I like targeted advertising. So if you... So to look at that situation, people can see the case that the weird stuff that we're into is connecting with people.
0: Okay. So you think the diversification of media delivery mechanisms is responsible for uncovering data that shows that there are lots of people that like what we like and therefore it becomes mainstream and greenlit by Hollywood Studios.
1: Sure. (laughs) Think about it. (laughs) I (laughs) haven't. Because people will just sign a check if the movie's going to make money. Yeah. So, at some yeah. point, someone made a comic well, book We movie can tell that by the fact worked. that
0: there's six Fast and the Furious movies. There yeah.
1: are. And they're all... I haven't seen any of them. Like, the comic books and the characters within them are just wonderful. And they're sort of our society's fairy tales, almost. Like, superheroes are the sort of power fantasies and the stories that certainly I read when I was a kid that taught me, like I think that the X-Men taught me more about my political compass than mm. any political party did when I was a kid. Like I look at, you know, there's an election going on in Australia at the moment and there's people saying, hey, kids, you should vote for me. And I don't, I don't see anyone who has the tools to communicate with children, but I, for example, you know, didn't meet a gay person for a certain amount of time, but when I was a kid, the X-Men was teaching me that just because people are born different to you, doesn't mean that they should be treated any differently. Yeah. And you try to explain that like at a dinner party, for example, (laughs) and people look at you like you're a complete loser and that you have no idea what you're talking about. But it's true, like these stories teach us really important stuff. And I like to think that they can't help but connect with an audience.
0: Yeah, they're like a longer running serial version of you know, you look at things like Aesop's Fables and, you know, the moral from most like you said, fairy tales and and even things like Greek mythology where there's there's some sort of core moral that you're supposed to take away. Mm. I, I think that comic books certainly do that. And you you look at the, the X-Men as a, as a really good example of it's about prejudice and prejudice of people that are perceived as different or as a threat or whatever the case may be. And there are, I think they're a powerful mechanism, especially for kids, to be able to consume that sort of message and and idea in in an accessible way and I think some of the a lot of the beauty about the Marvel comics is that they are appealing to kids because the X-Men are teenagers and their their powers sort of come out usually when they hit puberty at those awkward moments and it's it's something relatable for for teen kids to you know, they're going through all sorts of weird stuff, and, and and that's relatable. And the same with Spider-Man, in that Peter Parker's this this average nerdy kid who then suddenly is catapulted into this spectacular, amazing <laughs> life, and he's still trying to deal with the stuff that's going on with him him being a teenager. So I, I think that that's really appealing for kids, certainly, and I can see how that influences people into their adult lives and, and teaches them important lessons about how to interact with people and that sort of thing why now does this come back to the the diversity of the the media that's delivering it and showing everybody that hey this is actually has value beyond the printed page that that some kids buying with is look. i think in, uh,
1: in the retrospect that only comes with 10 minutes of time having passed i can probably say that my whole point about diversifying media is just utter bullshit. <laughs> and in terms of why comics are only sort of becoming a big deal now, I think it probably comes down to something a bit more simple, which is just technology yep. and money. Um, yeah. Like we've had sort of a attempts at Fantastic Four and Captain America and that sort of thing in the past. Oh, that
0: Fantastic Four movie from the, the early 90s? or the Yeah. 90s? Oh, it's... Which is just not really Threadful. a thing. Go and rent that.
1: Yeah. yeah, I just think it's we're at a point where we can start representing this stuff on
0: screen in a way that brings it to life. Yeah, in, in a way that does it justice to the source.
1: Yeah, you couldn't have material. had uh, a Spider-Man film like the ones that we have now, which show him actually using his abilities like he would on the comic book page without yeah. the technology that we have now. Yep, I think the sort of prominence that superheroes have on the big screen at the moment. If you give it another 10 years or so, where we start to get technology at a level where this sort of effect can happen on television, mm. I think it'll probably start, moved, start migrating over there because characters like just the serial nature of comics, I think, lends itself really well to TV. TV. It's just that at the moment, TV's not at the level where you could do a weekly, say, you know, Spider Man show yeah. or a weekly Superman show. Uh,
0: I think they're. That's certainly an idea that people are clued into because you look at the fact that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is starting soon and that's got to be prepping for something bigger in the Marvel Universe. The other two points I wanted to make, because I just want to hog the microphone for a moment, uh, (laughs) one is I think that's why part of the reason I like cartoons so much is because I can watch comic book cartoons and you can do all the stuff that would be very expensive to do as live action really easily in a cartoon. You don't have to spend a fortune on special effects. So... The cartoons can stay truer to the the parts of the comics that I really enjoy. the other thing I was going to say was i think I, I think Game of Thrones is potentially uh, pushing the boundaries as to what you can do with a TV show because i my understanding is that's quite expensive to make because it's of a fairly epic and
1: grand yeah it's all over scale. the world with crazy stuff going on
0: yeah, and up until now, I think you, you, we didn't see a lot of Star Trek was good but the effects were not quite there jag used to cost a fortune to make because i used to pay all this money to the u.s military to be able to film shots of oh really battleships and stuff and i think when that came out that was one of the most expensive tv the pilot episode of that was one of the most expensive tv shows ever made because the whole thing was set on some u.s aircraft carrier
1: jag Uh, pilot
0: (laughs) 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 sorry that's all right uh I'll be watching that with with curiosity to see if we do get to a point... I know, George Lucas has talked about doing a Star Wars TV series for a while, which... I really... Well, and they've
1: been on the record with the, the live-action one. They, it sort of came up really quickly in terms of them saying, we really want to do this. Mm. And then they eventually came out and said, we've written the whole show and it's going to be the best and we'll get back to you in a decade when we can afford to do it. And that was oh, oh. pretty much... I didn't know that. The point, they said, look, we've written I don't know, the first season, first half a season or something, we've yep. got it all plotted out but the technology doesn't exist to do to it. it So we'd once have, we can
0: We'd have to do it And then George would have to redo it Another 10 times yeah. Over the next 35 years And
1: there's always been sci-fi on TV But you can see it's Like Star Trek is something where The medium informs the story In terms of saying We've just got to build one set really And yeah. then have one planet That we can paint a different colour And they fly from place to place In the same room Is yeah. really helpful For like a TV budget Whereas comics Because they were born on the page No one was thinking How are we going to have to pay it the limit Yeah. Yep. Um, How are we going to get this guy made of ice to ride an ice sled or something? And you can see that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and that it's clearly sort of a – it's set in the Avengers universe. Like, you know, ideally they would go, wow, that's an amazing movie. So let's just have Hulk or Iron Man, the TV show or something. Yeah. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to my mind is clearly them going – this is awesome and it's, it's related to Avengers But we've done it in such a way that we can afford it Because the characters aren't going to be superheroes
0: Do you get worried that it's going to end up a little bit like that Birds of Prey TV show Where it's sort of set <laughs> in the universe And then there's the mild sort of flashback to Batman And Alfred's in it because he can afford to do him Because he doesn't need any special effects because
1: I never saw that a Do they really have dude? Alfred but not Batman? I think so. That's I, very upsetting.
0: I may have had that part of my mind erased after I watched <laughs> it. I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that I've, I've made this sound a little bit like I'm interviewing you for your thoughts on this.
1: <laughs> um, Further to my soon-to-be-published thesis. <laughs> and you've,
0: you've, I think you've given me some, some interesting things to think about, special guest Stefan Delatovic. <laughs> uh, but I actually just thought it was because the stuff that we liked was really cool and... Yeah, that's why it's entered the, the mainstream of the public consciousness. It's just everybody else has finally caught up to us <laughs> and realised, yeah, actually, no, that's, yep. I, I dig that. And I dig a dude that's giant and green in ripped purple pants who's not Lou Ferrino. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I suppose I do try to intellectualise it from a certain perspective and try to figure out why it's happened because I'm familiar that I'm sort of biased and I'm trying to sort of overcome that. But I really cannot identify a point of view that doesn't think that comics are awesome. And that they're the best. (laughs) So I think you're right. The answer is probably just that most people are a bit dumber.
0: Well, I'm glad we've cleared that up. Yeah. Um, That's obviously the reason that we've won the cultural battle, I think, to to take the geekiness mainstream.
1: Yeah. I don't see any AFL movies this summer. (laughs) Society. (laughs) Audience ruined.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell... uh... Don't tell old mate Phil, Phil Clary that because uh, he gets elected. Yeah. You know there'll be AFL movies on the TV. <laughs> the <laughs> NBN will de- be devoted entirely to delivering live AFL That's content right. to everybody.
1: Just be real-time Essendon Club plus releases saying they didn't do anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Topical. I like that. Zing. News nerd. You walked past a uh, one of the things on the footpath that they stuffed the front page of the newspaper, and didn't you? And saw it trying scared go.
1: What's happening over there? <laughs> I've been enjoying. I think one of my favourite things about Facebook lately, especially I've noticed it uh, really prominently during the Ashes. Yeah, because I've never watched the ashes due to getting heat stroke, playing like junior cricket when I was a kid Kanga and just cricket. deciding to opt out forever. Yep. Um, <laughs> Can't even put it on, on the TV just in case it gets too hot. <laughs> <laughs> but the advantage of having a Facebook profile is I can now for the first time actually carry on a conversation about the cricket because just by being on Facebook, you sort of get the highlights of what's going on. Yeah. Like I was able to go to work today and go like, oh mate, uh, yeah, the Brits didn't even cheat this time and we still folded in the batting. <laughs> like, and people nodded and were like, yeah, I agree. Do you run
0: like Storify or something over your Facebook
1: feed <laughs> so you can put together a cheat sheet to take exactly, to work? Just on the back of my hand. Like, I, I really enjoyed the cricket <laughs> and we lost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you end up in a situation where people try to probe a little bit deeper into your knowledge? Yeah, I just got to get out of there. (laughs) just run
1: away? Yeah. (laughs) People at work think that I just have a really chronic problem with leaving the iron on. (laughs) Yeah, what about them uh, bombers, eh? They uh, Hit a bit of hot water. And they're like, yeah, what do you think about uh, herd? I'm like, I don't know who that is. In my head, like, oh, I don't know how that is. So, I'm just like, yeah, I've got to go. I've got a uh, important uh, spreadsheet um, project to accomplish. I've got to reinvent. Uh, Forgot to turn autosave on on Microsoft yeah. <laughs> Word. i just got to reinvent some paradigms outside the box over here um, with this electronic whiteboard. Can I ask quickly? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think we need to get back on track onto something. I just need to say, like, have you ever used an electronic whiteboard? I have. Successfully? Uh, defined successfully. Like, used it in any way that's not like a standard whiteboard? And, yes, yep, I have. Yeah, you're
0: clearly in the technology industry. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was at uni, we used to have uh, this crazy, super powerful electronic whiteboard that hooked up to the computer and did all sorts of cool stuff, but I assume that you're talking about the one where you're supposed to be able to draw on it and yep. then hit the button and it prints out what you... Indeed. Drew. Yeah, no. Never, nope. never had success with one of the hosts. Yep. The only scam, electronic man. whiteboard that's ever worked for me is one that the University of South Australia invested millions of dollars <laughs> in. The standard one, epic fail every single time. All right. I I've, feel on solid I've ground. got a real aversion to paper anyway, so that doesn't bother me. I actually hate... Hate seeing people with printouts. You email them something. I'll just print that out, and <laughs> you go, "Why? That's you're missing the point of this being electronic. You don't need to print it out." And I get very upset with people who. Who print stuff out? So I, I don't mind if the electronic whiteboard fails for everybody. I'm sorry if it ruins your day on a regular basis. <laughs> and
1: I ruin a lot of meetings by just trying to take a picture of the board of my, with my phone, uh, which I think is a better result because it's yeah. just like load it in on the I computer. I have thousands of whiteboard
0: photos on my. I should start a Tumblr. You should meeting whiteboard meeting minutes. Sweet whiteboard. Nobody dot go and reserve that name. I'll be upset.
1: Don't do it. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many jobs would be lost if you just encourage people if people just started thoughtlessly sending you whiteboard meeting photos and just all like the sensitive stuff that would be written on the whiteboard that you would just get. This is an incredible pyramid scheme we've just hatched. <laughs> Send us it'll be funny. Secrets. Trade secrets. We could get the recipe for Coca-Cola. We could. I doubt that's on whiteboard anywhere <laughs> Bubbles and acid. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just for the taste of it. Oh no, that's Diet Coke. Yeah, that's bubbles and acid with no sugar. Exactly. Should we uh, Should we veer back into the direction? I suppose of talking stumble about stumble lazily towards something geeky, or should we just cut our losses and and declare this <laughs> experiment for tonight over?
1: Look, it's not a bad plan.
0: Alright, well I, I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there uh, We'll give we'll, we'll wrap it up with the star rating like we do on the movie episodes And we're going to give electronic whiteboards Zero stars <laughs> And comic book movies In mainstream culture 110 billion stars Yep, all yep. of the stars
1: Fantastic yep. Yeah. That was a good meeting Do you want to take a photo of the minutes? Yes, Yes, I really do. I want to print them out. Excellent.
0: Can you leave the printout strategically around your house. Oh, so you can't. I was thinking you could do that to post me a hard copy and then email them to me and I can also
1: print them out. That's a good idea. (laughs) What's that thing where you post it to someone and they have to sign a receipt creating Um, more paper? Registered post. Yeah. They do that electronically now though. Oh, really? Yeah. Stupid society. (laughs) What's that thing where uh, I write a letter, but then you rip it in half, and so there's like the carbon copy underneath? Carbon copy. Yeah, cool. So I send you the carbon copy. So you get it and it's like a letter, but yeah. also right in the back of your mind, you realise that, <laughs> that another you've got copy, a copy as well. <laughs> another piece of paper. You've got yeah. to get the triplicate one that's got the white paper, the blue
0: paper, the pink paper. No, quadruplicate and the yellow paper Yeah, and do it on that.
1: I send you the yellow and you've got quadruple you letter to, What you
0: want to do is you want to send me the last piece of paper. Because then I'll see the rip marks where the other three pieces of paper have been on top of it. Yeah. And that will cause me to be that, – that will give you the most maximum – the most maximum? That's that heaps. will cause the maximum amount of upset.
1: Especially when I uh, then send you a photo that I've printed out of me photocopying all those pieces of paper. <laughs> and then just ripping up the copies <laughs> and feeding them through a paper shredder. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, Mother Gaia.
0: You need to keep jumping off the microphone or I'm going to leap over there and gaffer tape it to your face. <laughs>